Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9 and then put your finger or your bulletin in Romans because we'll be in Romans quite a bit this morning. The message this morning is what child is this? Prince of Peace. Any of you know what an aptronym is? If you looked at my Facebook posts, you should know. Aptronym. Apt meaning exactly suitable or appropriate and nim, nomia from the Greek for name. So an exactly suitable or appropriate name. Names that suit a person's traits or profession aptly describe who they are and what they do. Let me give you a couple examples. Jules Angst, he was a psychology professor that worked on anxiety. Amy Fries, a New York meteorologist. Early Wind was a pitcher at one twice on opening day. He got his wins out of the way. Lake Speed was a NASCAR driver. Chris Moneymaker, 2003 World Series of Poker champion. Larry Playfair, an NHL player who was notorious for fighting. Usain Bolt, y'all know him, he runs like a bolt of lightning. Russell Brain was a neurologist. Igor Judge was a former Chief Justice of England. Dr. Richard Chop was a surgeon. I don't know about going to him as a surgeon. I think I want you to cut, not chop. And then George DeForest Brush, an American painter who made contributions to military camouflage. So parents, other than my own, spend lots of time trying to decide what to name their kids. More so in days gone by than now. I mean, think about some of the names you've seen. Not very creative. Why? Why should parents spend time naming their children? Because a name is more than just something we go by. Amen? Think about in the Bible. Abraham was the father of multitude. Jacob was deceiver. Isaac means laughter. Moses drawn out. David beloved. Isaiah named his sons Mahir Shal Hashbaz, but it had something to do with his ministry, spoil speeds and pray hastens. And then Jesus means Jehovah saves. Actually, we find over a hundred names associated with Jesus in the Bible, and each of themselves is an acronym. It aptly describes who he is and what he does, and one of the riches is the fourfold name found in Isaiah 9-6. And so we come this morning to finish our four-week study of that in which we're answering the age-old question, what child is this, by exploring the fourfold names of Jesus found there. So far, if you will remember, we've looked at Wonderful Counselor. He's worthy to be praised 24-7-365, and he has the best ideas and strategies, so we should follow him. He's mighty God. He's omnipotent in His birth, life, death, resurrection, and second coming. He's everlasting Father. Jimmy told us that He's the continuously existing, loving head of His family. And so appropriately on Christmas Eve, we come this morning to discuss Prince of Peace, the, priests, the Prince whose coming brings peace, not just at Christmas time, but all year long. It's a peace which is four-dimensional, vertical, internal, horizontal, and spherical. And so we're going to look at those this morning. I pray God will grant us a deeper understanding of the angelic host refrain that first Christmas morning. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom 
He is pleased. So stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 9. We'll read verse 6 and 7. And again, believe me, you'll get more Scripture than this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of God to the people of God preached in the power of the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, just thank you so much. Oh, how you have blessed us in 2017. But Father, oh, how you have blessed us this morning with this worship service, Father. Yes. And we pray that it didn't bless us most of all, that it blessed you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, as we have already said, Christmas is not Christmas without the complete story of Easter, Father. Thank you that that baby that was born went and died for us, and then Father didn't stay dead, but was resurrected and gives us the promise of eternal life if we will put our faith and trust in Him. And He brings peace on earth. Father, help us through the power of the Holy Spirit, shine your light upon the Word of God today that we as the people of God can come away with a deeper understanding of what it means that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I pray all this now in the wonderful, matchless, mighty, powerful, and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the first dimension of peace that the Prince who's come and brings peace brings is vertical. Peace with God. So vertical. Last year at Christmas, the Cook family, we did one thing you want, one thing you need, and one thing to do together. If each of us here this morning wrote out such a list for 2017, there'd probably be lots of things we want, a few things we need, and we would probably be hard-pressed to think of one thing we could do together. One thing for sure is this, my list would not be your list and your list would not be my list. And Cassie's list would be different than all of us because she would want him, him, and him. <laughs> You've been away, man, you get put in the sermons, you know, that's just how it rolls around here. <laughs> it's just him. <laughs> Down to one. If you took and went with that same list across Tennessee, the South, the United States, the world, the list would be highly varied. The Kardashians wouldn't be mine and mine wouldn't be theirs. Muslims wouldn't be Christians and Christians wouldn't be Muslims and Africans wouldn't be Americans and Americans wouldn't be Africans. Doubt any of us would pray for clean water because we already have been blessed with it. Truth be told, whether folks are willing or not to admit it, the greatest Christmas gift we all need and the world over is this, peace with God. You see, we as humans, as we have mentioned many times, way overestimate our goodness and way underestimate our wickedness. And so if you went family feud on Covenant Walmart and you asked a hundred lost people to describe their standing before God, what would be the number one answer when you buzzed in? What do you think they would say their standing is before God? Number one answer would be this. Good. 
I'm a good person. I ain't killed nobody. I ain't done this. I ain't cheated on my wife. I ain't done that. I wonder how many would answer it the way Scripture describes it. War. War. Turn to Romans 5. 10. You see, Scripture is clear that our stance, our standing before God has lost humanity is this. We are enemies of God and we are at war with God. You say, well, pastor, I just don't believe that. I think that's a little harsh. Well, have you not read? Romans 5. We'll start in verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that on this Christmas morning you are justified by His blood? Much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. Here it is. For if while we were what? Enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. Flip quickly to James chapter 4. Are lost folks friends with God or friends with the world? Friends with the world. You adulterous people, verse 4. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity, war with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So Scripture is clear. We're cosmic rebels, alienated from God. Yet when by grace, through faith, a man or woman trusts in Christ for salvation and is born again, something unbelievable takes place. We are no longer alienated. Let me read you Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Peace. And we're no longer at war with God. Romans 5, 1. If you've still got your finger there, we read this last week. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The war is over. And it's ended forever. Ephesians. I'll read there. Ephesians 2. What have I said? Don't trust a pastor that don't give you at least one verse out of Ephesians. Amen. Ephesians 2, 14. Listen for the word peace as I read this. Remember what I've told you. Listen for words that repeat. For He, Christ Himself, is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And so as I've said, oh how true it is that no, N-O, Jesus equals N-O, no peace in your life. And when you K-N-O-W Jesus, 
then you can OW peace in your life. Weeks after receiving Christ as my Lord at 167 Lee Street in my closet, do you know the greatest thing that it brought to me? Peace. Finally, for the first time in 29 years in my life, I could lay my head down at night and it wasn't that I was at peace with my wife and not fighting with her like we fought like cats and dogs that first year, but it was that I was at peace finally with God. And I could wake up in the morning and I was at peace with Jesus. And I tell people, I can tell you exactly when I was baptized. It was 9-9-2001. You know how I know that? Because it was two days before 9-11 and I said, praise God, if the world is coming to an end, finally, Buffy Cook is at peace with God. Thanks to Jesus. And so do you know Jesus is the Prince of Peace in your life? Are you at war with God or is the war ended? Do you know Jesus here or do you just know Him here? Because the demons know Him up here. And so if you only know Him here and don't know Him here, you need to come today and receive Him that you will be at peace with God. And is there a time in your life in which the peace was more real? Then maybe you have backslid. And maybe what you need to do is you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. So the first dimension is peace with God. The second dimension is the peace of God. It's internal. Think for a moment about the things that especially during this season of the year want to infect us. Let me tell you, I worked like a dog this week. You know why? Because everybody in this county is infected with something right now. Think of the things that want to infect us. The flu, sinuses, strep, pneumonia, norovirus. I think I've told y'all people ask me, they say, Dr. Cook, why did God give us sinuses? I said, to give doctors something to do, that's why. So y'all can get them infected and then you know he can heal you and I can collect the, pe- the bill. Well, how many of you want to be infected with the flu this morning and ruin your Christmas? The one thing that we should desire to infect us all year round is this, the peace of Christ. But you know what we do? We let self and the devil infect us. And then we live in fear and guilt and condemnation which are the exact opposite, the antithesis of peace. And so how do we make that peace manifest in our life a reality? I want to give you three ways that we can let that peace infect us, so to speak, and show up in our, our life. First is our hearts and minds. Think about when death of a loved one, disease in your own life, disaster in your own life, the devil comes knocking in your own life. When any of that happens, what's your typical response? Your typical response ought to first be this, to hit your knees. But how many of us, when we're faced with the sudden unexpected death of a loved one or the doctor gives you a diagnosis you didn't want to hear or disaster hits or Satan comes knocking, how many of us actually hit our knees? Look at Philippians 4, 7. 
Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to pray. That the peace of God that we already have would infect our heart and our mind and throw self and Satan out the door. So we need to hit our knees, and second, we need to get our heads on straight. I've said before that J.D. used to say all the time, who taught me how to... You talk about uh, 2 Timothy 2.2 in action. You know how I learned to run a mission trip? Because a guy named J.D. took me under his wing and he showed me. And you know how he learned somebody had taken him under his wing and showed him. And now I've taken other people and showed them and now they can go and do it on their own. That's how discipleship works. That's how it gets done. And so... You got to get your head on straight. And he said, You know why I go to Africa? Because I got to get my head back on straight about once a year. I really need God to slap me upside the head and really show me what I need to be important in my life. Why do you think Cassie needed a sabbatical? Because she needed God to reprioritize things in her life and get her back right here. She, she can't be any good to y'all. And I can't be any good to y'all until I'm first good with God. And so look at Romans 8, 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. We need to get our heads on straight so that we will have that peace that God's already given us. So we hit our knees, we get our heads on straight, and then we simply rest in Christ. Colossians 3, 15. Cassie, how vital was that for you to rest in Christ over the last three months? How many of us, though, really do that? We shouldn't have to take a sabbatical. You, we got to get ourselves straight. And that starts in the morning. How many of you are doing your quiet time? You don't do it just so you can check it off your list. Say, well, I got one more thing off my list. Let me click that off my calendar. No, you get it because the God of this universe who created you gives you an opportunity every morning to meet and fellowship with Him. And I tell you, the days that I skip it, that's when my days are terrible. And that's when I want to walk in the flesh and I want to do stupid stuff. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We just got to rest in Him. Remember what Dr. Rogers said? God's throne is not a duplex. You don't put you and Christ on the throne. You take yourself off and you put Him on there. Alright, so we hit our knees, we get our heads on straight, we simply rest in Christ and then we knock it off. You know what you knock off? Worry. Worry. Turn to Matthew 6. We have time to read that. You know what kills peace in our life? Worry. Do you know the number one psychological issue that I see in my office, even amongst Christians? Worry and anxiety. <coughs> Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. Do you see birds of the air on Prozac and Xanax nine times a day and wringing their hands about where they're going to get a worm next? 
I have never seen a robin doing that. I don't know about you. But we do it. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he goes on to talk about the lilies of the field, and he says, If God so clothes the grass which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? In verse 34, Don't be anxious about tomorrow, because tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Amen? I have shared that verse so many times in my office. Quit worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, what if this test comes back negative, doctor? Then what if that test comes back negative, doctor? Then what do we do? I said, let's get through the first one first. Tomorrow's got enough trouble. Today's really got a bunch. Let's get through today. But the Bible is clear. For he who knows what to do that is right and doesn't do it, it is sin. Brothers and sisters, overwhelming stress and anxiety in our life and worry is a sin. And there's nothing that's going to kill peace in your life like that little worry wart down inside of you that wants to kill it. So let it rain in your hearts and mind. Number two, let it rain in your feet. The Bible tells us that the path of a lost man is not that of peace. Romans 3, 17, and the way of peace they have not known. Can I get an amen that before you knew Christ that you did not walk in peace? It is good reason that many refer to the unsaved life as a living hell. Because that's what it was like for me. And once Christ comes into your life, remember what we said in Luke 1, 79, all the way back there in Luke chapter 1, we're, almost, we're in Luke 9 now, He will cause us to walk in peace. Now that don't mean your life is just a cakewalk, does it? Because the temptations get what? More. And Satan now hates you. And so spiritual warfare intensifies. The world hates you. Maybe even your own friends and your own family. Yet again, over the last 17 years has only been the time in my life I have truly been able to walk in peace because I knew the Prince of Peace. And then third, spirit. Think about Christmas activities. We eat, we drink, we party. What we really need to be celebrating is what the babe in the manger has left us. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, even Charlie Brown knows we've lost our way with regards to gifts at Christmas, right? Now I want to ask you, what is the one gift you would not want me to give you Fruitcake. How many of you would like to just get a whole stocking full of oranges for your Christmas? That would be awesome. See, some of you would actually like that. Noah said he could take the oranges but leave the broccoli out, right? We were laughing about Noah last night. You see this chicken pot pie, Miss Nikki? You know what I don't like? Everything in there that has color. <laughs> So we may not want fruit for Christmas, but hallelujah, God in His infinite wisdom has given us the fruit of the Spirit, one of which is peace. And we need that to reign in our spirit. And so, are you, am I praying daily for God to fill me with the Holy Spirit that that fruit of the Spirit would be manifest in my life? Again, do you know Jesus is the Prince of Peace in your life? 
is so is that peace daily infecting you. Your heart, your mind, your feet, and your spirit. Alright, third dimension of peace is this. Horizontal peace with man. You want to get out of the Christmas spirit in a flash? Just tune into the local or national news. Fire up your Android or iPhone, whichever one you happen to like, and hop on social media. And soon you're going to be confronted with just that, confrontation. I mean, I don't know if it's our 24-7, 365 global news cycle or the invention of social media or just biblical prophecy fulfilling itself, but it seems to me that more than ever, we argue about anything and everything. We fight over sports teams. When the Chargers win the playoff, I was on CoachT.com a lot. They had a forum, and man, people were just on there blasting. Oh yeah, y'all come to Pearl Cone, and y'all, you know, I mean, oh yeah, y'all got past Pearl Cone, and now, you know, I mean, we just fight over everything. We bash each other on Facebook. I mean, political affiliation. Think about it. People say Democrats, rats, Democrats, libtards, religion. We bash each other as Muslim or Christian. We even bash each other as Christians against Christians. We even bash each other because that ain't good enough. Baptist is Baptist. Well, I'm a free will, primitive, Holy Spirit, King James only Baptist, and we got it over on y'all. Race, geography, I mean, y'all from the South, y'all just a bunch of backwood, illiterate ignoramuses. I mean, economic class, think about likes and dislikes. As one pastor said, there's so much fighting as far as likes and dislikes inside the church that we have no longer, we're no longer fishers of men but keepers of the aquarium and are spending our time swiping each other's fish. Because all we're worried about is if I like this style of music or I like that pastor or I like what he said or I didn't like what she told me last week. Yet if you go into your typical church, what should be seen is peace. People from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, getting along. How is that possible? Because of the transformative power of Christ. And so think of what Scripture has to say with regards to our horizontal peace when it comes to amongst us as followers. Romans 14, 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Ask yourself... As a member of Crossway, do you strive for peace? You know, as it said, if you ain't part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And so, think of what Scripture has to say with regards to this horizontal peace that He brings amongst His followers as far as us and all of humanity. Look at Romans 12, 18. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible means it's not always possible to live with, at peace with everybody. Amen? So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Think about how many people have been won to Christ by those when subjected to the most unimaginable torture simply turned their cheek and showed their oppressors the love of Christ. What would our world, our country, our state, our county look like if we committed ourselves 
if possible, so far as it depends on you, to live peaceably with all. Dr. MacArthur said this, he said, Unbelievers will not be drawn to accept Christ if believers' lives do not demonstrate the qualities God desires, including peace and holiness. You know why God puts that annoying person in your life? One, because He loves you too much to leave you in the condition you are because He wants to transform you into the image of His Son. Amen? And also, He wants you to be a witness to that person. Remember the five Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. And so are you pursuing peace with the brethren inside the house of God and with the lost outside the house of God. And so let me pause here just before we get to this fourth and final dimension. If you've ever watched any of the shows when they have Miss America contestant on, what is the one pat answer they give of what they hope? World peace. World peace. Peace on earth. Do you know that you and me and us as Crossway Baptists can help bring these first three aspects of peace by being sure people have a saving relationship with the Prince of Peace. That's part of why this mission offering is important. That we bring that peace here on earth now. But it's not just you bringing your mission offering. As we'll look at in the next couple weeks, how many times throughout the week are you sharing the gospel? When was the last time you invited somebody to church? And so the fourth and final dimension of peace is this. It's spherical peace on earth. Recall I've said on numerous occasions, many doctrines in Scripture are in tension. The kingdom of God is already, but it's not yet. Who does your sanctification becoming more like Christ depend on? You or God? It's not either or, it's both and. You do your job and God does His. Ultimately, if He don't do His, then it's not going to happen. Amen? An election. God is sovereign and man is responsible. You go figure the rest of it out. The same with peace. Earlier I said, if possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But do you remember what Jesus said of His first coming? I'm not coming to bring peace. I'm coming to bring sword and division. And I will set up the people of their own house against one another. A mother will be against a daughter and a father against a son. And so there's still going to be conflict. But in the words of Jeremy Camp, there will be a day. Even the lost world yearns for it. It's just they have ill-placed faith. You ever heard the song Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder? Someday at Christmas there's just going to be peace and happiness and all of this and it's finally going to be when we as people figure everything out and get it right. No, 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 that ain't never going to happen. It's finally going to come one day, but it's finally going to come when the Prince of Peace steps back onto this planet. Then and only then is it going to come. Then all striving and sin and enmity will cease. Remember what I've told you, Dr. Rogers said, you have been saved from the penalty of sin, you are being saved from the power of sin, and glory, hallelujah, one day we all... Uh, put our faith and trust in Christ will be saved from the presence of sin. There won't even be any sin. Won't that be glorious? And so one day, listen to four aspects of this forever peace. I'll give you four quickly. Creation. Isaiah 11. Remember what we talked about. The wolf's going to lay down with the lamb. How's that going to happen? If you take a lamb and you put it beside a wolf, what's going to happen to that lamb? 
they're going to die. And there's going to be children playing with snakes. You're going to be able to swim with great white sharks. How is that even possible? Like, I don't know. He said, I ain't swimming with no snake or shark, neither one. When Jesus comes back, we'll be able to. Glory, hallelujah. Because all creation will be set back. Nations, Isaiah 9, 7. They'll never fight each other again. Man with God, Revelation 21. We will be with Him and He will be our God. And then man with man, Revelation 22. And so, as we conclude, I saw a joke this week which there was a CNN reporter that heard about this guy that had been praying for years and years for peace down at the Wayland Wall in Jerusalem. So she goes to interview the guy. She's talking to him. She says, Sir, she says, how long have you been down here praying? He says, 60 years. And said, well, what have you been praying for? She said, well, what have you been praying for? He said, that I would be at peace with my Muslim brothers and Muslims would be at peace with Christians and Christians with Jews. And she said, you know, the well and wall, right, where they kiss the wall and they're praying. And she said, well, how has that felt? And he said, like talking to a wall. Huh? He's not wrong. He's not wrong, exactly. How's that felt? Praying for world peace for the last 60 years like talking to a wall. To pray for and see fulfilled in our lives and those of other these four aspects of peace. It seems like an impossible reality, doesn't it? You'd be better off to talk to a wall. Yet Scripture assures us we can experience these first three and that one day the Prince of Peace who's 100% good on His promises is bringing the fourth one. I love, love, love what Dave Ramsey always says to close his radio show. Remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace. The corollary is this. There's ultimately only one way to true, all-encompassing, four-dimensional peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't we thankful that that baby in the manger came to bring us peace with God, the peace of God, peace with man, and then one day, peace on earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this service. Thank you for this time we've had together today to worship you. I pray that you would just continue to bless things. Father, as we come to hear of uh, how you have uh, worked through us through the missions offering, Father, we also ask that, Father, as we come to this time of invitation, that if there's anyone here today that needs to receive Jesus as Lord, that, Father, this would be the day in which they do that. Father, we pray for any other decisions that need to be made as far as recommitment to Christ, baptism, or church membership, that, Father, you would just stir the hearts of your people as we have this time of invitation. For it's in Jesus' precious and wonderful name we pray. Amen. As I thought on what verse to use, for the invitation, I thought you really, at Christmas, can't really improve on this. Not only does it spell out the gospel, but it is the gospel. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Think about that. There's four spiritual truths in that. First, God's purpose. 
God so loved the world. He created us out of love to have a love relationship with Him. But there's something that has gone wrong. We've stolen His glory and our sin has separated us from Him. And so man's problem is that. That we would perish, be apart from God. We would die. Not only physically, we would die spiritually and then one day eternally if we don't do something about our sin problem. And then God's remedy, He gave His only begotten Son. The baby that was born then went to a cross as we looked at in the video of Mary Did You Know to save His people from His sins. You will name Him Jesus. Why? Because He will save His people from their sins. And then man's response is this, whoever believes in Him. That don't mean you believe like you believe in Abraham Lincoln. That means you believe with all your heart. That means you believe that Jesus and what He did on the cross is the only thing sufficient for you to be right before God. Amen? Amen. And then you repent of your sins. If you believe in Christ, you just don't go on living the same way you used to. I'm no, by no means perfect, but you ask this woman down here, I am not the man that I used to be. You repent of your sins. That means you used to walk one way, one path of life, and you do a 180 degree turn and you start walking a different way. You change your mind. You agree with what God says you should love and hate. And you walk a different life. And then you receive Him. You don't just walk the aisle one time. You don't say some nice little prayer one time. And then you got Jesus. You know, you got your fire insurance policy in your back pocket. You receive Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And so, if you've never done that, you've never responded to that free gift of eternal life, and that's your desire this morning, come and do that as we stand and sing. If you've been visiting with us and God's calling you here as a member of Crossway Baptist Church, or if you have received Christ, but you've never followed through with believers' baptism, or if just something that was said today stirred your heart and you want to come to the altar as we stand and sing, come this morning. Stand turn to page 87. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Wonders of His love, and wonders of His love, and wonders.